0: The huge job of rebuilding the Labour Party has just got that much harder with the retirement of its former Deputy Leader and Finance Minister Grant Robertson. When Mr Robertson moves on to his new job as Vice-Chancellor of Otago University next month, Labour will have just nine MPs left who were in the 20-strong Cabinet formed after their 2020 election landslide win. RNZ political editor Joe Moyer is in our Wellington studio and joins me. Kia ora, good morning.
1: Good morning, Tyron.
0: Yeah, a lot of people trying to figure out just how much of a blow this is in a way to Labour. Uh, it is very big shoes to fill, isn't it?
1: It's huge sh- shoes. I mean... Grant Robertson has been there for, as we know, 15 years, but he has played some really pivotal roles for Labour and amongst that. um, He's been very much a support act along the way too. You think the way that um, I guess initially when he came in, he was supporting Helen Clark in that advisor role. He obviously was supporting David Shearer at one point, then he went on to be supporting Jacinda Ardern during that COVID pandemic and most recently he's had a very big role in supporting Chris Hipkins in that leadership too, which, you know, many thought he would end up being the leader and he made that decision when Jacinda Ardern stepped down not to. So he has been a big player for a lot of people. And I think if you asked anybody in that Labour caucus, you know, if you lost one person of the team, what would be the biggest hit? I think pretty much everyone would say Grant Robertson. So, you know, looking at Barbara Edmonds moving into that finance role, big job ahead for her. Um, She's relatively untested at this point, hasn't had sort of big portfolios, hasn't had a lot of, um, I guess, sort of, you know, media attention, the spotlight on her being grilled, that sort of thing. So it's going to be interesting to Mm -hmm. see how she goes.
0: So Grant Robertson, when he first came in in 2017, his big focus was the wellbeing budgets and he put that into being. Things were then obviously dominated by covid uh, for him, and he's talked about that in the dominant role that played in his in his time. Some of the key legacy policies, however, are interesting, and in particular, the fact that he did push for that wealth tax idea before the election, and then Chris Hipkins next to that, as well as, I think, the social insurance scheme as well, which Grant Robertson had been keen on. How much do you think those two big legacy things kind of being pushed to the side played in him leaving
1: it's difficult to say, and I mean, you heard Grant Robertson yesterday saying lots of things like in hindsight and you can look back and you could have done differently. I, he's very um, realistic about the impact that COVID had on that time. I mean, I've had interviews and conversations with him in recent years where he's been a little bit reflective and he's talked about the fact, well, that's the hand we got given um, and saying that. Obviously, there are things that he would have liked to have had done. The social insurance scheme and the wealth tax, he spent a lot of time working on those and obviously had them nixed in quite a a public way as well, if I recall correctly. I think the social insurance scheme, Chris Hipkins actually nixed that from Lithuania. Um, He was out of the country when he did it. So, you know, it's been a lot of work for Grant Robertson. And I think going back to your earlier point about the wellbeing budget, I don't think he would see that he got to do the full extent perhaps of those wellbeing budgets and what he wanted to achieve because if you think about in the COVID times, those budgets got ripped up weeks beforehand and yeah. and had to be effectively redone because of the situation they were in. So a lot of that uh, planning, which I think Grant Robertson is you know, he's very good at. He's a details person, a lot of that got thrown out the, the window at the last minute.
0: The problem for Labour is that it might have pushed those that wealth tax issue to the side, the social investment idea to the side It's still there for the party. A lot of people will say it is sort of the existential question for the Labour Party. They've grappled with capital gains taxes, these types of taxes for so long and haven't really figured out what to do. They will have to address this.
1: Oh, this is the massive elephant in the room for the Labour caucus, 100%. And funnily enough, I mean, before Grant Robertson said he was leaving, uh, Ingrid and I briefly talked about this yesterday in terms of that reset for the Labour Party. And I think that this issue is quite fundamental to that, because at the moment you have the Labour caucus in opposition, they're, they're losing, they are together at the moment, sticking together and being collegial. But big issues like tax and what is going to happen in that space, we'll call splits and divisions in the caucus because we already know that there are people in that caucus who have different views about which way that this should go and that is gonna be a big problem for Chris Hipkins. You almost get the sense that he's holding off making any sort of decisions or any comment about it because the minute he does, that's when problems could potentially start for him.
0: So Barbara Edmonds has a big job there. I mean, she's signalled this morning and I think yesterday as well that she's open to looking, obviously, all options. And I think the party has basically, and Chris Hipkins have basically said, yeah, they're going to have another look at this. Uh, Where do you think she is going to need to put her energies? The other big problem they've got is uh, addressing criticisms that they... Ruined the government accounts while they were in office, that they've got to restore some credibility. Whether that's fair or not, they're they fighting that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of a, going to be a bit of a hangover, I guess, from Grant Robertson. Um, you know, you've heard the government coalition partners talk about him being the one of the worst finance um, ministers that was seen. And, and that comes to that point of being fiscally prudent. And the question marks over whether the spend that took place during COVID uh, was reasonable, Um, and that is is an issue that Barbara Edmonds is going to have to, I guess, continue to talk to, because that's not going to go away. People are going to continue to raise that, and over the course of this term, and as you get closer to the election campaign, people are not going to forget that, and so there are going to continue to be questions around... Is Labour fiscally prudent? When things go bad, how do they respond? What happens to the rest of the country? What sort of a situation does things get left in? And that's going to be something that the Barbara Ebrons is going to have to think long and hard about, I think. And she's also going to have all these other issues around the tax. And, and she's clearly prepared to put all options on the table. Presumably, she has her own view. It's possibly similar to Grant Robertson's. She's keeping fairly quiet on that at the moment. But, yeah, some, some big issues there for her.
0: In terms of the sort of minor reshuffle and the way in which the, the, the Labour caucus is now structured, she's at four. Uh, is that likely to ruffle? That's quite a big – well, you have to go into four, really, don't you, if you're going to be the finance spokesperson. But in terms of the rankings, in terms of others there, how is Chris Hipkins handling that?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, arguably she should have gone into third, really, because uh, that is usually where the finance sits after the leader and the deputy. Um, Megan Woods is sitting in that position. Of course, Megan Woods has been around a very long time, very experienced. There were uh, questions, I guess, as to whether um, you know Megan Woods might end up being the finance spokesperson. I mean, I put that question to Chris Hopkins yesterday, whether she had been offered it. He sort of said no, and uh, then I said, "Well, is, is this ranking that she's got ahead of um, Barbara Edmonds a sign that perhaps she wanted it and didn't get it, so therefore she gets the higher ranking?" Um, was a, was a no on that as well. Uh, As to what went on behind closed doors, who knows? Can't answer that one for you. But, yeah, I don't know that it would necessarily ruffle feathers. I think Barbara Edmonds was always talked up as the only other person that really had the credentials within the Labour Party outside of um, chatter about Megan Woods. She is a specialist tax lawyer. She knows the system. I mean, she worked for years in um, Stuart Nash's office and ministerial office. Um, As Grant Robertson said, she knows numbers. So I don't think within the caucus there would be any suggestion that she's not um, up for the job. But again, I come back to that point about relatively untested at the moment. So it would be interesting to see how she goes. Just a
0: final comment. We'll speak to Chris Hipkins a little bit later in the programme. Uh, He is obviously facing a little bit of scrutiny and criticism following that poll in which his personal approval ratings fell, which perhaps wasn't a huge surprise given he's no longer prime minister. Uh, The argument being he's put out no press releases. He's sort of sitting back in the pocket a little bit, uh, not sort of trying to, what they say, bark at every car. Is there danger in that strategy or does that make some sense?
1: I actually think it's a good strategy and it's, it's funny it's, you know, as opposition leader you can't win can you? No. Because Because um, <laughs> we've often criticised opposition leaders for barking at every car. He's now choosing not to and people are saying, oh well why aren't you parking? I mean it's actually impossible and I don't think that press releases are really a metric for whether you're doing a good job or not. So while all of the oxygen is being sucked up at the moment by those three coalition government parties I don't see any reason for him to be jumping out and trying to grab all the attention.
0: Joe Moyet, thank you very much. RNZ Political editor